Welcome to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hey, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. So we've got our little backlog of listener questions. We'd sure like to get more listener questions, but we got a really big one this time. I think we were saying that it might take us a month to answer this one fully. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're going to take a crack at addressing it briefly, at least some piece of it. The question is from Horia, and thank you, Horia, for your question. And it is, basically, what is a roadmap that someone would follow to have similar skills as you and Jeffrey? And I said, wow, I could spend a long, long time answering that one. That, that's right, because it's, uh, it's a, a long and winding path to, to, to end up uh, sort of at the end of uh, or the stage of our career that we're at. How, how do we end up here? But I, I think there, we did decide that there were some parts of it we could narrow in on, sort of what, what are things that people could do in right away to develop some of the similar skills. Indeed, and that will help them to troubleshoot agile problems, bringing us back to the topic of the podcast. That's right. And I think we're going to start with something that you've had a lot of experience with, Gerald. So uh, why don't you start with the sort of a step number one? Uh, sure. Well, step number one for me as a freshly minted CTO who really had no clue how to do anything, I had no team, I had no experience previously in this type of role, was to ask lots and lots of people what they knew and how they could help me. And I was surprised by how many of them were able to help me. So the sorts of places I looked were meetups and conferences and things like that. And I just wandered around asking dumb questions. And some of them were remarkably dumb. You might remember, Jeffrey, probably don't remember my very first KitCon conference. I asked whether I could, should, and I got a resounding no as an answer, whether I should award karma points for people behaving in ways that were helpful <laughs> and conformed to my wishes for an agile team. That's right. I, I was gently reminded that that was not such a hot idea. <laughs> and that was valuable. That really helped me understand particularly the vigor of the response that I was really headed in a direction that wasn't helpful. That's right. And it's a great example. That's actually how we met then. And it was something where I was doing very much the same thing. I was organizing the conference KitCon, but it was hugely helpful for me to be in a place where other people would gather, where we could exchange our ideas and exchange our, our problems. And so I could, I could bring up what was top of mind for me and other people could give me input. And that, was, that could, be very, could be very helpful. And out of that, I encountered some folks who I thought were so bright and capable that I really wanted to work with them. And it turned out that they were conveniently available as consultants. So I went and got some budget from my startup that I was working in and invited them to come and work with us. And those are folks like Steve Freeman, Anthony Marcano, other folks like that who are still working in the same way and helping people who are less familiar with some of these techniques to learn. Yeah, And I found that extremely helpful. They could give me task-specific, task-relevant information about precisely the problem I was having. Yeah, I think that's worth worth mentioning that you can go and get advice from people for free at, at meetups and things like that. But it's also sometimes very valuable to hire the expertise in and you can learn from these people. And part of the value here is that they have such wide experience. Indeed. And one of the, the notions that you can think about is whether you're part of a community of need or a community of solutions where you, you, you're 
developing a, a need and you're defining what that need is and you're going out and, and looking for assistance with the problem that you're having rather than looking for an off-the-shelf solution. That's a topic of a very good blog post by Chris Matz, which we'll link to in the show notes. The idea that you should start with the problem and that's very helpful. And in the example that I did, I just told us about told you about in, in KitCon, it was me coming up with a solution and saying, is this any good? That's probably not as helpful. So what I found more helpful was to say, gee, my folks really don't seem to be behaving in the way I expect. What could I do? I, I got better answers when I started that way. Now, uh, we, we mentioned the value of consultants having wide experience, and in, certainly that's been your experience as a consultant. But uh, I, Now that I'm on the other side of the table, exactly. That's right. But, but I know that you didn't wait to become a consultant to start gathering wide experience. Can you tell us about that? That's right. Yep. So I began offering a free lunch to people who would be willing to come and talk to me. And I did that at a few meetups and events like the Hacker News London meetup and other places like that, where I was giving talks and otherwise interacting. And I got a whole bunch of people to come to lunch with me. And sometimes they brought me a problem and sometimes they brought me a solution and sometimes they brought me some other kind of idea or we just had an interesting chat and that was very helpful. And that's grown into a program I continue to this day. So if you go to douglassquirrel.com and you look around for the Breakfast with Squirrel link, you can actually book in my calendar, Breakfast with Me here in London. I also sometimes do it over the phone. So if you're not in London, you can still find a way to to do that with me. And on my long train journey in, I just stop off and get some breakfast with someone, and I typically give them some kind of advice. I uh, ask them to bring me a question, and I try to address that question as best I can. When I started doing this, I really didn't know what the answers to the questions were going to be. I had to figure it out as I went, but I turned out was able to apply a lot of my experience to those situations. And just like when I taught calculus at eight in the morning to bored business students at UC Berkeley way back in the 90s, I found out I got much greater grasp of the subject by teaching it than I ever did by learning it. And that was a, a very valuable way to learn, which I found surprising that actually teaching it, even though I didn't really know about it at the time, was a, a useful way to do that. And that continues today. So people bring me very interesting questions and I love answering them. And sometimes I say, I don't really know that one, but let me think about it. And that helps me to learn and to improve myself. And I think it's worth exploring this just a, just a little bit more because to be clear, you you were offering people to have this lunch and it wasn't you're saying, hey, help me with my problem and I'll buy you lunch, but rather let's- No, let, no, the opposite. Yeah, let's come, come talk to me about your problem and and uh, I'll I'll go ahead and, and, and listen and share my advice. And, and even then you weren't, you weren't a consultant. You, you were just sort of- No, not at all. You were making this, this offer to people and you know, minimally, they got to talk through their problem, and that could be helpful. And I suppose really minimally, they 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 got their free lunch out of it. Indeed. And I think it's interesting that you you describe yourself that you found in yourself through doing this, through offering advice, that you had resources that you maybe didn't expect because you you didn't know what problems were going to come to you. Indeed, and I didn't know that I had solutions until someone put them put the problem to me in a new way. And I found that really valuable to explore and to solidify my knowledge that I actually didn't even know that I had. Right. I think you you were telling me that you had a similar experience in the a surprising place in the in the game of Go. <laughs> did, did you want to tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been I've been spending a lot of time playing Go these days and uh, really working to get better. And I recently came across a, a Go proverb which says the observer is eight stones stronger. 
where uh, stones are how you can measure your handicap uh, against someone else. So I might be a nine stone person and you might be a 10 stone and therefore I'm a little bit better than you. Is that yes. right? Because I, I need to give fewer stones or, or more. I, I'm not a go player. <laughs> well, that's, that's right. The stronger the stronger uh, person gives more stones as a handicap to the other person. Oh, uh, right. But, okay. um, you, you would give me a lot of stones, I'm sure. <laughs> but the, ins- the, the insight here is that, that just the fact that we're caught up in the game, if we're, if we're playing the game, that we are weaker than if we're just observing. And this ability that you described of, of being able to give people advice in part was from your outside view. And I, that's such a powerful thing. And a, a concept that you can have a much more capability in helping others than you help yourself. And that's what you were, were doing as you were using that. Now, the good news is there are some ways that you can and that uh, our listeners can start using their own internal resources to help themselves in ways that they might find surprising. And there's a couple techniques. And one is a, a role play technique, which originally I developed after listening to Dr. David Burns and his Feeling Good podcast. And a, a surprisingly good source of agile development insights <laughs> is a psychologist who deals with people with all kinds of difficult problems like anxiety and depression and stuff like that. And you would not necessarily think that he has a lot of useful techniques, but boy, does he. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tons and tons. I know we- Link in the show notes as I'm, I'm sure we've mentioned him before. And he has this, I mean, he calls the paradoxical double standard technique, where the the idea really is that, that people will very often lack empathy for themselves that they would offer other people. And it's that same idea that we, we, we interact differently with ourselves than others. And you can actually, I've adapted this, I often call it the doppelganger technique and say, well, imagine... What's that word, Jeffrey? I'm not sure all our listeners will know that word. Doppelganger. Okay, doppelganger. Uh, basically, it's like body double. Uh, so it's a, it's someone who is seems exactly l- like you. So if indeed, so there'll be the topic of horror stories or something like that. There'll be a doppelganger of you, and that'll be the evil version of you, but will look just like you. The, that's the idea. Is it's a kind of duplicate or clone of yourself? Okay, uh, that's right. So the um, uh, in uh, with this technique, what we can do is say, well. Um, I'm going to get someone to to role play me or someone who's very much like me. So I say, I'm, I'm struggling with the problem. And I might say, oh, squirrel, look, I'm, I'm having trouble with this. And it would really help me if, if you can help me think through this. Here's my problem. And then you, squirrel, would then pretend to have the problem. And I will now try to give uh, advice. And of course, any advice I give you would apply to my situation because it's really my problem. <laughs> so I might say, hey, Jeffrey, I'm and I'm playing you here. Hey, hey, I'm I'm the CTO of a recently acquired company, and we're really having difficulty with this other part of the company, and it's working like this. And I would describe that problem to you as if I were yes. you. Is that right? Have yes, that's exactly right? right. And then and then and, and the advantage of doing this is that of, of course I have a, a lot more insight and more research and knowledge of the company than than the other person has. So when they present it as their problem, I can draw on all of that. And I've I've helped this uh, other people help themselves by using this technique where I can hear their their problem and then play it back to them. And it's surprising how often people instantly come up with really, really good ideas to help themselves that they hadn't considered previously, even though they had been wrestling with their problem. But it's, it's just a very different experience to wrestle with your own problem versus wrestle with someone else's. Something about that, it's that detachment, that making yourself the observer is what makes you eight stones stronger. So that's it. 
And developers might think of this as being similar to the rubber duck technique, where you describe the problem that you're having the whatever bug you're trying to debug to a rubber duck. And by just describing it and getting outside yourself to let yourself look at it, you say, oh, four steps in. Oh, I know what it is. It's in line <laughs> yes, 12. Yes, absolutely. And that, that, that's, a, that's a great technique. And I think this is, this is similar, but a bit more active and therefore a bit more powerful. It, and, exactly. However, we may not always have someone available to role play. And a former CTO that I worked with, a gentleman named Alberto Savoya, he came up with a fantastic technique that uses this same ability. And, and he did it by the observation that we can help other people better than we can help ourselves. And he said, now imagine that you had your older, wiser self that you could Tra- go through time and you could get messages back and, and forth from, wouldn't that be helpful? And he said, well, in fact, we can do that. And he, he ended up creating a email account and he recommended this technique to me and I tried it. It was and it's interesting how well that it can work. You give a, a, a separate email account for your older, wiser self and you email, write down an email that, you know, hey, what, here's my problem. What do you think I should do? And then you go, so for me, it might be older me at douglassquirrel.com. And I would actually write an email, dear older me, here's my problem today. Yeah, although I, what I thought was fun is we actually ended up using sort of some random free email server that's not an email server we normally use. So the thing is that you you, mm. you have douglassquirrel.com. So you, you might do older me, but you might also go to some other, you know, uh, mail provider where you can get... Yeah. Make it feel yeah. really different. Older me at outlook.com or something like that. Exactly. That's right. And... And of course, when when you then change hats, you kind of move and, and log into that other email account. When you read it, you are, of course, now older and perhaps wiser. You're at least a few minutes older. And having that distance, looking at this as someone else's problem definitely does make you wiser. And it did, did he write back? To yes, himself? absolutely. That was the idea is you would you would sit there and you would write back and say, hey, I've, I've read your email, I can see your problem. Have you thought about these things? And actually send the email. Mm. And that that process, it's a, it's much like the role play, but where you're playing both sides and using that separation in time and space of actually composing the emails to get the right frame of mind. Excellent. It sounds like a very interesting technique. I've not tried that one, but I can see how I might do that sometime soon with some of my clients' problems where I'm really struggling. And I know that five years from now, I'm going to think of that as a trivial, easy problem. Today, it's definitely not. That's right. So this is kind of where where we ended up. And it's, the question is, what's the roadmap for someone that someone might follow to get similar skills? And it's really the most important thing we're pointing here is about giving advice as a driver. Yes, there is the idea of getting advice from other people. And I think that's a useful on-ramp. But I think we also very often have more resources within within ourselves than we're typically aware of. And if we want to develop those skills, then we need to be giving advice to other people, but sometimes just to ourselves. Teaching is often the best way to learn. Excellent. So thank you very much to Horia, our listener, for a super question. It was really provocative. And we'd love to get more questions. Just go to troubleshootingagile.com and have a look there for an email address for us and uh, send us a a message. Uh, You could even write to us as if we're your older self, (laughs) and we'd be happy to try to be your older self and give you an answer. That's right. And we'll look forward to those those questions that we can uh, answer on a future podcast. Super. Looking forward to more troubleshooting agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Cor.